Good afternoon, my friends. Welcome to this episode of Healing Your Codependency. I'm Marshall Bircher, and I'm excited to be here to assist you in finding more freedom from your codependency and discovering more well-being, love, and well, fulfillment in your world. So today we're going to be jumping into the topic of this idea of being too much. Is this actually a real thing or something else going on? So that's what we're going to be jumping in today. Before we do that, I want to invite you to come join us in my Facebook community where you can find additional tools, guidance, and support in your journey beyond codependency. The link is above on Facebook, below on YouTube, and on my front page at healyourcodependency.com. Come join us. I'm going to get this shared out to there so y'all can uh, enjoy it there as well. Let me know how you guys are doing in the comments below what's been coming up for you. Any questions you've got because uh, we're going to start doing question our Q&A session Fridays here pretty quick and so I want to get some questions in things like that okay let's get this popped in there so have you had the experience of being told your needs your wants or who you are is too much have you had the unfortunate and painful experience of being rejected for what you needed or how you needed it what you wanted or how you wanted that thing done? And have you taken that internally where you made that a truth about yourself? I'm too much. Have you been thrown the other direction where one day you're too much, next day you're too little? Never enough, always too much, right? Too hot, too cold. A lot of times this kind of experience happens because well, for a number of reasons, actually. One of them has to do with what the nature of the relationship actually is. So in my work, I teach two con- two basic concepts of relationships, two types. We have what's called benefit-centered relating, and then we have people or connection-centered relating. <coughs> so I'm <coughs> sorry there. So in benefit-centered relating, the relationship orbits or is centered around the fulfillment of a specific um, transactional value sex attention meaning um, a cookie is usually what i call it but it's why the person's there they're there to get a specific thing and once they get that thing they really don't have much interest in anything else outside of that so much like going to walmart you got your tomato or your in my case the chocolate and now you're going to ignore everything else in the store and go buy it and leave and go home and enjoy in my case that chocolate or you know that tomato that's a transactional system in relating so i call that benefit center relating toxic relationships every single one of them is a benefit centered model because one person's there to get something from the other key there very important The second model, which is people-centered or connection-centered relating, is really about the genuine interest of everyone involved and knowing each other, connecting and feeling seen, valued, and loved by each other. So the interest in this, the focus is, hey, how are you feeling? What's going on for you? I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're in my life. I appreciate you. I like you. I love you. So within that, there will be asks there'll be requests for bids for connection affection time stuff like that and then there'll be uh, reciprocation of that there'll be contribution to it 
And those are not actually transactional because we're not doing, we're not in the relationship just to get this thing. We're in the relationship because we like the person, they like us, we care about each other. And in that, we are mutually contributing to each other's wants and needs in a way that works for us mutually. That's what Bennett or the uh, Connection Center relationship model helps support it, helps expand everyone in the model rather than in the benefit center relating. It's usually one dominant person getting what they want and the other one's going without. When we encounter the world of too much, we're encountering one of three things. We're encountering a transactional experience, like, hey, I don't want to give you this because it's just too much. Two, we might be encountering a capacity issue where that person does not have the ability, the emotional, physical, mental, or energetic ability to contribute more than what they're able to right now. So you get three cookies, but for you to achieve fulfillment, you need five cookies. In this kind of dynamic, you do have a connection-centered relationship, but you also need to bring in other connection-centered or other connections into your world to contribute to that bucket so you can experience fulfillment more in a diverse way. This allows us to understand and accept and work into the reality that people are people. They, again, are not Walmarts. They're not here to fully satisfy our needs um, any of the time, much less 100% of the time. They are there because they desire to contribute to your needs and wants, and then they desire to have their needs and wants contributed too. So if we approach this from an angle of like, wow, you can give me two cookies. I am so grateful and appreciative of these two cookies. This really matters to me. Thank you. We apply gratitude and appreciation to what is given, and then we can bring in additional connections that can contribute further to that bucket in your life. You're going to experience a higher level of safety, fulfillment, and empowerment in your world. This is why we need community. This is why siloed relationships like just person A and person B in our own relationship trying to do everything for them for each other burns them out. We're not really designed to do that. We're designed to have multiple kinds of connections that serve and contribute to us and that we contribute to them in ways that fulfill us. We're designed to be diverse. So that's our second option, the capacity. They can only give two cookies or three cookies. The third option here is incompatibility, where your need, your want, and how that need or want actually works is not something they can relate to effectively and contribute to in a way that makes sense to you. This is typically discovered over a long period of time or immediately right up front. It's usually not in the middle. It's usually like, man, we've been at this for two years and this just isn't working or you encounter it immediately and you're like nope not gonna that just does not work for me so those are the three things that usually drive this you're too much or even you're too little kind of dialogue and when someone is communicating this to another human being they're actually not being emotionally responsible they're actually putting it on the other person as the problem rather than owning it for themselves and going you know I'm finding that I have a limited capacity here to contribute to what you're asking for. I can give you two cookies. And I am sad that I can't give you more. And I understand that 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 might be disappointing or that might hurt. And yet here I am 
and I would like to connect with you with these two cookies. And if the other person's like, thank you for the two cookies, and yeah, it's kind of sad, but also get it. And I'm really grateful that you are contributing where you're able to and, and you're responsive and warm and attentive to me. Thank you for that. That's a galvanizing experience where we start to realize we're being seen, valued, and treated like the human being we are, and so are they. This avoids resentment. This builds trust, it builds intimacy, and it builds opportunity for additional connections to come in and contribute to that person's world. So if we find ourselves going, wow, they're too much, we actually need to slow down and go, I have found a limit. I have found a boundary in my capacity. And this is where I need to communicate in a kind and direct way that says, here's what I can contribute. Rather than, oh, that's too much over there. Because that's shaming. That puts the person down. That's how I have felt when I've been told I'm too much or even when I've been told I'm too little. But when I've encountered people who have worked this out in themselves, they're like, nope, I can give you this much or I can only receive this much of this thing you're offering me. That helps me understand that, one, they value what I'm contributing uh, and they value what I'm asking for and they respect themselves and me as autonomous beings rather than some sort of grocery store that we're getting stuff from. The internal work for those of us that carry the shame of having felt like we are too much, this is a deep dive into our own process of both our worth and our habit of internalizing other people's judgments as absolute truths about ourselves. This can be very uncomfortable, especially somatically or in the body, the way it feels, when we start to really let it land that, hey, when someone tells me I'm too much, they're actually communicating to me that they don't have the words to communicate that they want to say no that they don't have the confidence or the safety or the experience to say no, much less recognize the boundary they're attempting to establish by making me the problem. That differentiation there allows us to depersonalize the remark and then, re and then go in and care for any pain, guilt, um, or, or shame that might show up there, become a little more autonomized from at least the shame and the guilt. Because... It makes sense that it would hurt. It's like, yeah, I didn't get what I entirely wanted. And that does suck. And I can care for that while also applying appreciation and care to what I am receiving. But that shame and guilt that we might carry for the idea of being too much comes from being harmed. It comes from being made the problem because someone else was not willing to do their work. So in this arena, this is where we apply a little ALI, a little acknowledge, legitimize, and integrate to kind of soften up our experience around it a little bit. It's like, yeah, of course I feel like I'm, of course I feel shame and like I'm too much. I've been told that all my life when I've had a need or a want. So them saying no to this or them saying that, that of course it brings this up. You know, I, I haven't had my needs and values, of our, my needs and wants valued and seen and respected. I haven't felt that. I haven't experienced that. I've just been shamed. I've been guilted. I've been criticized for it in some way. Yeah, no wonder I'm having these feelings about this experience. I give that that kind of love and attention. We're not fixing it. We're acknowledging our lived experience. We're acknowledging our lived past. 
And then we can open up to an opportunity here where we can go, hey, what shifts if I trust just a bit that I'm not too much, but this this is actually a capacity or boundary issue they have. And that helps us start to depersonalize it. It helps us start to go, hey, this is not actually my problem. I'm not too much or too little. They're experiencing some sense of overwhelm in their world. What's it like if I can pause, acknowledge, and observe that they're overwhelmed and this is the way they know how to communicate at the moment? That gives us space to experience separation from the judgment and also connection to our own autonomy and our innate goodness and innate wholeness. Because how much we might need of a thing isn't right or wrong. It's how we resource it that matters. So when we find someone who says, hey, this is... I can't give it to you or this is too much. It's more like I am learning that this person only has two cookies to give and now my work is to ad add additional connections to my life that can add other cookies so that I can begin to experience more fulfillment in this particular area in my world. So depersonalizing it that way and starting to to externalize it as, hey, this is something in their yard. It is not something wrong with me. Allows us to get in to a more caring, loving, and honest relationship with our needs and wants. And that allows us to connect with the experience of what it feels like when we are being nurtured and fulfilled, when they are being uh, nurtured and satisfied that way. And then we can detect people, places, and things that naturally can contribute to us in a way that brings them joy too. This way we're no longer trying to be, you know, not we're, we're trying to prevent the idea of being too much or too little. Instead, we are finding organic compatibility and we're building a consistent resource and connection with others that nurtures us and nurtures them. Because ultimately, in my opinion, there is no such thing as too much or too little. It's simply either there's a transactional intent in the relationship dynamic, there is a capacity limit, or there is an incompatibility showing up for us. So let me know your thoughts on today's class, my friends. Go gently with yourself. And yeah, what is coming up? Next month, we're going to have my next, we're going to have a first master class coming up. It's a Blunt Cake Master Class. It's titled Stop Fixing Yourself and Actually Heal by Doing This Instead. So that'll be coming June 26th. Uh, watch out for information of that for that coming in the second week in June. So we're going to be having some fun there. Otherwise, go gently with yourselves, go kindly. Again, let me know your thoughts in the comments below. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell. And if you're watching or listening via podcast or via Facebook, feel free to let me know your guys' thoughts. Appreciate you being here. Go gently, and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.